Welcome friends, this is Brian Hudson. Welcome to another conversation. We call this Conversations in Focus here on Vision Stream Network. And I am so pleased to have today uh, a man and a friend who's doing tremendous work in our community, Mr. Jeffrey Payne. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you, sir, for having me. We're going to get right into this discussion. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. And you are, as you say in your bio, a Christian, husband, father, teacher, musician, and businessman. That's the proper order as well. Yes, sir. And you are a smooth jazz and inspirational jazz artist. We've had you at our church, and I've heard you. I bought you music. My first question is, how did you start in music, and who and what are your inspirations? I started playing trumpet at age 12 um, in 1982 in the seventh grade at Bailey Middle School in Gary, Indiana. Uh, my director was Bruce Evans. Uh, he's a gentleman that's alive today, and uh, he and I stay in touch on Facebook. Uh, my inspiration was uh, growing up in Gary and uh, listening to all the fabulous music of the 70s and the 80s. And uh, my father, before he passed, was a great lover of music. And uh, like most people, uh, collected volumes of music, uh, albums from big band era, Duke Ellington, all the way up through the uh, 60s and 70s, Motown artists and Earth, Wind & Fire and Stevie Wonder and so forth. So I grew up listening to a lot of that music throughout my years. That's great. You mentioned that. In fact, my parents, I grew up here in the city, and my parents uh, were on the avenue. Yes, sir. At the jazz club. You know about the avenue? I know about the avenue. Okay. Well, I mean, my parents knew West Montgomery. Wow. Earl Gardner. Yes, sir. And I actually uh, went to the club with them. <laughs> they, they took me in there to the, the clean club, you know, so to speak. And I was cut my teeth on jazz music. I didn't play, but I was a, uh, I love jazz music. And so we listened to J.J. Johnson and all those great old school jazz artists. So I have yes, appreciation. Sir. So speaking with you about this is very exciting to me. Now, why the horn? Why the horn? Uh, when I joined the band in uh, 1982, um, our director gave us a little card and said, fill out your top three choices. And so I picked alto sax, trumpet, and then trombone. Well, uh, alto sax had pretty much been taken. It was a pretty popular instrument. And uh, trumpet was available. And I didn't know much about trombone, but I just thought I'd write it down. And so my mother went out and bought an old used cornet from a pawn shop for like $75. And I played that cornet from seventh through ninth grade and uh, really enjoyed playing that. And when I became a sophomore in high school, uh, I played trumpet. Uh, my aunt had given me my cousin's trumpet who had stopped playing. And so uh, I just elected to stay with the trumpet. And that's been a great instrument for me. Now, I play trombone. And, um, and I think that people have different aptitudes for different instruments. I mean, were your lips oriented and fixed and ready to play trumpet, or do you have a struggle to learn how to play trumpet? It's funny you should ask. My older sister would tell you that I, I was not quite acclimated to play the trumpet initially because um, she would say I sounded like an old, sick duck. And uh, <laughs> so uh, Chrissy Inez Payne feels, if you're out there, yes. But uh, she talked about me as I was struggling to learn to play the trumpet and uh, get a good sound out. But over time, uh, I developed a pretty good sound. Now, your trumpet is here, and uh, what type of trumpet is this? This is a Getson uh, 770SP, and uh, it's what's called a step-up uh, trumpet, near-professional-level trumpet, and uh, I call it GG for Getson. And uh, it's a wonderful horn, uh, nice, clear sound. Uh, the mouthpiece, if you notice, is gold, uh, gold-plated. It's a Monette mouthpiece. 
I believe it's called a BLS one mouthpiece. Uh, it's valued at about three hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, and to put it in perspective, most uh, common mouthpiece mouthpieces you get would cost about fifty dollars or so. But that particular one runs about three hundred. And it was a gift. A friend of mine named David Greider Jr. Uh, had given me a gift certificate from the Monet factory, which is located out in Oregon, I believe it is. Mm. And um, I inquired about the mouthpiece, and they asked what type of specifications I wanted, and wanted something that would provide a warm sound, uh, lots of resonance, um, soft rim for endurance, and a shallow cup for range. And uh, the combination of that mouthpiece and this horn has really been beneficial. Jeff, let's talk about uh, your work as an educator, uh, as well as a musician, how do these blend education and music? Um, I'm currently in my 23rd year of uh, teaching. I started teaching in February of 1994, and uh, I've had a variety of experiences um, teaching high school, middle school, and now elementary, uh, teaching in urban and suburban schools. So I've had a chance to work with a wide range of uh, social, economic um, uh, clientele, if you will. And uh, teaching and being a performer, they kind of go hand in hand because um, in my room, there's a sign that I posted back in 2011. It says, be ye professional for I am professional. And as you know, we take that from the Bible, be ye holy for I am holy. But uh, I encourage the students to be professional in their approach to learning. Um, if I have to be a highly effective teacher, I expect them to be highly effective learners and highly effective students. And so I give them those uh, tools to be successful entering the room quietly, getting their supplies quickly, take, taking their seat immediately. Uh, if you ever come to our concerts or visit one of our rehearsals, you notice the students are sitting up straight, bringing their horns up together, and I've got a uh, band and orchestra at this particular elementary school. So I've got grades four, five, and six playing uh, wind and string instruments. Wow. And uh, so, and I, I share with them some of my professional experiences as well um, about the uh, gigs that I play here locally and uh, places that I've visited and how that's impacted me. So they, they have an idea of what the professionalism aspect is. Have you seen over the years that some youth just kind of shine, they exhibit talent and aptitude? Have you had some to come through that almost were prodigy level students? Yes. Uh, I would say within the last five years, I had a flute player named Jasmine Gill who uh, started with me, and uh, she's now at high school and doing very well on flute, and another girl named Gaja Bostic, and I hope they're watching. And uh, I was really proud of her as well as she took to the trumpet right away, and uh, she's now in high school. They're both uh, at Lawrence North and uh, doing really well with the high school band programs there. That flute is a beautiful instrument. I mean, the sound of it, you cannot synthesize, not easily. And, of course, the trumpet itself is a very unique instrument as well. We have, you know, synthesizers and keyboards, but a trumpet is just very unique. Uh, the sound of a trumpet, what do you think about the sound? You know, what is it about the sound of the trumpet that really captivates your attention? Uh, the brilliance of the of the sound of the trumpet, I've always been, a, um, I guess, appealed to or attracted to. And uh, I also go for a smooth quality. There are several trumpet players that have inspired me uh, with the trumpet. Uh, Chris Bode is a professional trumpet player, a world-renowned trumpet player, and his sound is um, unlike any other. It's very smooth, warm, and buttery. And uh, so that's something that I kind of go for. Uh, inspired by Miles Davis, of course, with uh, bebop. Um, inspired by Herb Alpert with his writing because he's uh, able to write timeless melodies. Um, the song Rise is something that uh, he wrote back in 1979, I believe it is. And uh, I actually play that song with one of the groups that I uh, play with. 
And uh, it's a timeless melody that no matter how long ago it was composed, you'll recognize it and you can kind of sing along with it. Let's talk now about your music. Um, what are you working on? Projects you're working on? What's out now we can listen to and purchase? Well, the things that are out right now, of course, is my first CD called Smoothed Out. And uh, it's a compilation of songs that I wrote between 2008 and 2012. And uh, I released that, uh, I believe, in 2014 or so. And uh, so that's available now. So if you were to inbox me or contact me, I can get that out to you. Uh, there are two singles that are out now on CDBaby.com, uh, Midnight Dance and Free and Clear. Uh, those two songs I have uh, some sneak preview videos for, and you can see those on YouTube. And uh, those are available uh, via digital copies there, again, at CDBaby.com. You've been listening to a little snippet from Running uh, by Jeffrey Payne. Let's watch now. Uh, and listen to a song entitled Night Groove. I say watch because I had the honor to film uh, this video for Jeffrey and a couple years ago. And so let's watch this video, Night Groove.
you've been listening to and watching uh, some of the music by Jeffrey Payne. Uh, talk to us about the inspiration for Running and Night Groove. Uh, the song Running was one of the first songs that I had written back in 2008, and um, it was in part, I guess, subliminally inspired by a song called The Tiger of San Pedro. And uh, there's a chord progression that appears in Running. So if you're a music type and you look up Tiger of San Pedro, you'll hear uh, that special chord progression. I won't give it all away, but um, some of the uh, their marching bands back in the 80s, and I know uh, my daughter's college, Mar uh, Jackson State University, Sonic Boom of the South, uh, they sometimes play that tune. And uh, Night Groove, I was inspired by that when I had gone into the studio with my friend Tim Raglan. And uh, before every session, he would share some of the things he's working on. And so there's the opening chord progression that you would hear in Night Groove, um, which was actually his little snippet. He says, man, this is nothing. I was just messing around. And he played that for me. And I said, ah, that's it. That's nice. Let's let's loop that. Wow. And so we created a whole piece based on the opening four uh, bar chord progression. Wow, that's amazing to hear these stories, how music comes into being and how you're inspired and other people come along and encourage you and inspire you. All right, let me ask you this question. How do you find that music uh, helps people in listening and, and, you know, for those who are believers in Christ, how does it help them, minister to them? Is anybody in general, how does it encourage people? Why is music so powerful in this regard? Well, one of the first things I learned as a, a music education student at Indiana University, uh, I believe my professor was Dr. Michael Gordon, and uh, he asked us a very uh, pointed question, why do we teach music? And we're all thinking, you know, well, to teach students to you know, play instruments and to expand their musical horizon and so forth. He said, those are all good answers, but you're really teaching aesthetic sensitivity. Aesthetic wow. sensitivity. Wow. So to teach students to be aware of what they're listening to and to appreciate the different sounds. And uh, it's not so much about a chord or a note, but it's the succession and progression of chords and notes that help to evoke emotions and make one uh, ponder and reminisce the dissonances in the chords and then the resolution. So when you hear dissonance and consonance, the tension and release in music, um, helps to express uh, what a person may be feeling or a thought that you're trying to express as well. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. Yes, sir. And the progression piece, That's yeah, I get that. You know, Obviously, the progression affects you know how you perceive the, the mood of the music. And I watch a movie and pick up progressions in the soundtracks and uh, all that. It's amazing. Yes, know? sir. That's amazing. All right, let me ask you this question next. Um, Speak to young people and parents about the importance of identifying and developing musical ability. Uh, that's a great question and something that I'm really excited to answer. Uh, there is a public stat out that says that over 80% of all doctors and lawyers have some form of music training. And there's been a correlation between the way the brain works and how they function during music. And so uh, it helps with overall brain development. Uh, I think it helps with confidence and self-expression. And uh, one of the things I've also learned to appreciate is that as students have an instrument that they play, that's something that they can have for the rest of their life. No one could ever take that away from them. Once you start in music, once you learn to love and appreciate music, uh, you can always play and um, you know study and learn and write and compose. Um, also, 
it's good in the way of scholarship opportunities. Uh, I've got two daughters who are currently at Jackson State University, and the bulk of their tuition is being paid for through their music. Wow. My older daughter, uh, Taylor Payne, plays trombone, and uh, she marches with the Sonic Bone of the South, and uh, basically, school's paid for. They treat their musicians like athletes with regards to the respect and the mm -hmm. scholarship opportunities. And so uh, really excited about what that's been doing uh, for her. And then my uh, next daughter, Jordan, plays the violin. She plays in the orchestra at Jackson State University, and she gets financial credit and opportunities for those as well. Wow. Well... What's the wife doing? Is she uh, is she playing to the whole family? Like <laughs> well, the whole I'm kind of like uh, Joe Jackson, if you okay. will, and the Jackson Five. We've got five children, so everybody plays an instrument. Wow. My oldest son, who's currently uh, 23 years old, uh, played alto sax. Wonderful. And uh, Taylor, of course, trombone. Uh, Jordan is a uh, violin. Uh, I just started my uh, second to youngest daughter, Danielle, on trumpet. So I got her trumpet for Christmas. So it was a really good investment. She's at home practicing right now my, my, my. Uh, as wow. I was leaving out. She was uh, practicing. And then my youngest daughter, Paige, uh, just started violin. And, uh, of course, wow. I teach music and play trumpet. And my wife uh, was a vocal teacher for many, many years. And uh, she sings. And so we're going to take this act on the road. <laughs> Man, we're looking for an album at some point from the Payne family. You know, the Payne Five. The Payne Five. The Payne Five. The Payne Five. <laughs> from Gary, Indiana. <laughs> that would work. Right. Now, what about this? Uh, what's the state of the arts in schools? Now, your school is doing well. You're there. Well, what's your perception of the state of the arts in school, in our community? Are we doing enough to encourage young people in the arts and music? I would say so. I know in Lawrence Township, it's one of the uh, nationally recognized townships uh, in the country that uh, really serves uh, students in the performing arts. Uh, we've got great uh, band programs, orchestra programs, choral programs. Also, we've got dance that's offered at my school and uh, some of the others in our, in our district. And so uh, the state of music and music education in Lawrence Township is strong and throughout central Indiana, really. Uh, some of the best bands in the country are located right here in central Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, Avon uh, High School. Uh, I've got a friend there named Matt Harloff, uh, who's one of the directors out there, and they've got one of the best marching bands in the country. Uh, of course, Carmel's always doing well. Uh, Center Grove, of course. Um, I'll get in trouble for dropping names and things like this, but... We're really proud of all of our, our schools here in Indiana and uh, states like Texas and Florida and uh, California. They're all doing well. But I can safely say that in Indiana and in central Indiana, especially uh, music education is really strong. All right. How about the churches? Are the churches doing enough to encourage the arts and music in your view? We've got great musicians at church, uh, great vocalists, uh, great um, instrumentalists uh, that play. Uh, I'd like to see them include our youth more. Um, I think it would be helpful to take a survey of which students in the congregation actually play instruments because you've got students who are in band, orchestra, and choir, and uh, just invite them to come out one night. If the adults have an adult Bible study, uh, maybe we can have all the students bring their instruments and go in a different room and just kind of assess what they're able to do individually and uh, maybe even arrange some of the music that's being used with the uh, praise singers and the uh, choirs and have uh, modified parts for them where they can sit in with the praise band, which is on a professional level, but the students can play a modified part that would help them feel involved and engaged and, uh, you know, help them to want to come out and participate in church music ministry. Now, that is a brilliant insight, uh, Jeffrey, because if that could happen, it would attach youth to music 
and to the church. Yes. It was identified the church as the source of inspiration or a source. This has been a great discussion speaking with Jeffrey Payne. The stage name is Jeff Payne. As a matter of fact, you've had on the screen, you see there his addresses, Facebook, CD Baby address, uh, Reverb Nation. So be sure to visit those sites you want to listen to and purchase his music. Uh, we also will post uh, scheduling information. I can contact Jeffrey for engagements. But let me ask you now, Jeffrey, talk about uh, the people you work with and, and the groups you want to acknowledge right now. Well, I'm a proud member of uh, the smooth jazz group called In The Moment. In The Moment is an eight-piece uh, band, basically, of, of some of the most incredible musicians here in Indianapolis. Uh, we've got our band leader is William Turner, Bill Turner, who plays bass. Uh, our two keyboard players are Robert Henry and Tim Raglan. Our lead guitarist is Chuck Hipskind. Um, our auxiliary percussionist is Chris Hull. And our newest drummer is Stefan Raglan. And our vocalist is Ron Tucker. And uh, we play a lot of corporate events. We do concerts here locally and uh, looking to do some uh, touring, looking, trying to get to uh, London and also trying to get to the uh, North Sea Jazz Festival. Uh, this group covers a lot of smooth jazz songs. We do R&B classics and we do rearrangements of these songs. And so you'll hear the song initially and you're like, oh, I know that song. And after about 32 bars, we take it down a rabbit hole and just totally rearrange it and mix it up. So it's some unique stuff going on within the moment. And uh, coming up, uh, we've got a performance at the Hyatt downtown in Indianapolis. Um, we've played all the major venues and are looking forward to doing more here locally and nationally. I also have the Jeff Payne Trio, which is myself on trumpet, and uh, the keyboard player is Robert Henry, who's also a member of In The Moment, and our drummer is Ralph Hankerson. And uh, so the three of us do a lot of weddings, receptions, cocktail hours, and uh, all that's kind of a part of uh, Jeff Payne Entertainment. And uh, our you know, specialty is providing uh, elegant live uh, music for upscale events. And uh, so if you or someone you know is looking for uh, an elegant uh, touch of class to your event, uh, be sure to contact me and we'll be sure to be there to provide that for you. Let's talk, Jeffrey, now about the state of the arts in our city. Uh, what do you see in our community? How can we improve that state of arts among our young people in the community? Indianapolis is... Uh, really home to some of the most incredible musicians, uh, instrumentalists, vocalists, dancers, thespians uh, in the country. Um, there are too many people to name, but I will drop a few names like Rob Dixon, Brian Thompson, you know, uh, just to, to name a few, of course, and uh, there are a multitude of others, and anyone who watched the program has their favorite musicians as well, but they're all right here. And uh, most times we think about New York, L.A., Chicago, Atlanta, and other major uh, hubs for the performing arts, but Indianapolis, Indiana is alive and well. I'd like to see attendance uh, better at some of the uh, local concerts. Uh, it's, it's hard to get a room filled around here, and... Mm -hmm. um, but I do notice that when our artists go out to different uh, cities and states and countries, um, they're well-received because uh, they're focusing on the competence of that musician or of that performer. And um, I think once, you know, those musicians get a name and then they come back, they can be better appreciated. But I would just encourage everyone here in the city of Indianapolis, central Indiana, and uh, in the state of Indiana to just support uh, local artists that you see who are doing well and who are taking that step to be a, a professional performer. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. You've been listening to Jeffrey Payne here on Conversations in Focus on the Vision Stream Network. What do you want to say now, Jeffrey, to our listeners and viewers? 
Well, I'd like to, again, just introduce myself. My name is Jeff Payne, and I am a jazz trumpet player. Uh, I used to say I'm a smooth jazz trumpet player, but uh, I try to just focus now on expanding and uh, stepping outside the box. And uh, I hope that you all will come out and support uh, me and uh, all the other local uh, performing artists here in central Indiana. Um, my trio, the Jeff Payne Trio and uh, In the Moment Smooth Jazz Group, uh, we'll be playing a lot of concerts uh, here locally and nationally. So if you hear about anything we're doing here locally, do come out and support and uh, you won't be disappointed. Well, thank you again, Jeff Payne. And again, go to the websites you see on the screen below you. Visit those sites, listen to the music, buy the music, enjoy the music. Again, thank you for watching this episode of Conversations in Focus. We'll come back next time with more insightful people with insightful stories. So you stay with us. God bless. Thank you.